unique time in, uh, uh, in, in, in space for your life today. Uh, you know, we are ending a decade to be in just a few days here. Uh, you're coming to one end of one year, and you're kind of in that middle spot of the beginning of the next year, and it's just a great opportunity for us to kind of maybe do some reflection on our own selves individually and corporately, and uh, just kind of dig in and say, hey, what did the year look like? And, and uh, I've always uh, endeavored to do that about this time where I just set a time aside to consecrate, to reflect, and do some prayer and some fasting. And, and we're going to talk about fasting next week and introduce that a little bit more to you, some of the how-tos of it and maybe some of the mechanics of it. But uh, we're going to focus today really on the prayer side because, you know, really, to be honest with you, uh, prayer and fasting, we've been doing it corporately for a long time as a church. And, and uh, you know, if, if there's no prayer with the fasting, it, it's just a, a diet, and it'll, it'll disappoint you. You'll get frustrated, and in about 30 days, you'll be eating just like you were before. So it has nothing to do with that. It's more about you just kind of disconnecting and connecting up. But uh, before I do that, I, I wanted to make sure I did that this, this service as well. Uh, it's been a phenomenal year for us here at Coastal. Uh, we, you guys have accomplished a tremendous amount, and uh, you'll see that here in uh, just a few minutes. But uh, it doesn't happen without good people, strong people, and foundations underneath of us to do that. And uh, I, I want to just acknowledge, first of all, our, our board, Rick and Sarah, Artie and Pam. They, they've just been with us actually from really the conception of Coastal. Uh, they were with us before Coastal even existed, and uh, you just don't want to do it without strong people, uh, and I'll, I'll say even our staff, our ministry staff that has enabled us to get to where we are. These are the people that um, uh, Carlos and Sarah, Frank and Linda, uh, Josh and Hannah, Tommy, McKenzie, this is the ministry part. These are the guys, and then there's a boatload of 20-somethings underneath of there doing all of that, and then there's the dream team. And uh, we're just grateful, absolutely thankful, because uh, some of that first group that I mentioned to you, the board and, and, and that um, ministry staff, they know the ugly. There's uh, Miss Patty, oh my gosh, what would we do without you and, and, and scheduling for us and helping us stay on point? But it's that ministry staff that knows you're ugly. It's that board that knows you're ugly. They, they know your, uh, your, your weaknesses, and they've stuck with us and been with us through all of this time, and... And uh, I, I think that uh, Coastal, is, it wouldn't be anything without you guys. So give it up for all those folks. Um, Going to endeavor to make sure you know who those people are more specifically next year in 2020. And, uh, you know, we have come to this place as a church, and we've built something strong. We've built something good. And, and we are at this, in, in your life, at the end of a decade. And, and I'm going to challenge you for the next couple of weeks just with some learning experience of, of prayer and even the side of fasting and how important that is. And, and I said that, you know, I just endeavor at this point in my life really just to start examining my heart. I start examining even my motives in areas. I start examining even relationships. You know, there's some people that you want to spend more time with and there's some people you probably don't need to spend more time with. And every year I find, more, I find people like that. It's not something that's just once or twice. It's just about every year I realize that, you know, God's doing a lot more to just pull you closer to him. And sometimes your relationships can take away from him. And so I look in and I examine that. I, I look at the victories that I've had throughout the year. I, not only do I look at the victories, I also look into why there were some areas that were not victorious. 
to discover the why. Why wasn't it victorious in my life? May it have been something that I was believing for or something. And let me just make this very clear. It's never God's fault when, when it's not working out for you. Okay? Now, he may be protecting you from something, but it's never, he doesn't tempt you with evil. He doesn't do bad. He doesn't harm you to teach you, learn you something. He doesn't make you sick or give you a, a, a bad knee or a bad head just so that you'll learn something. You learn nothing through that other than you don't want that. You might find him in that. You might find more about him through that, but that's not. So what I'm saying is I spend this time and I start considering those areas in my life. It's really just a moment to stop and reflect. But ultimately, what this moment in time is for me is to, to discover, is God's plan and purpose number one in my life still? In all areas. And can I be really transparent with you? I always find areas at the end and the transition to a new year, areas in my life that God's not number one is. It's really just part of how you grow and how you become living life together. But I look to discover it because I want him in it. I want him in every area of my life. I want his plan and his purpose because that's the one that will succeed. Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs 19, 21 says, Many are the plans in a man or a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. When we start talking about prayer and we start talking about uh, fasting, prayer is really what connects you back to God in this moment. And fasting disconnects you from the world. Fasting doesn't move God. It's not what you don't need to fast to move God. It moves you out of the way. It moves the distractions of life that might be there that are just kind of, you start fasting food, let me tell you something. And that is a true biblical fast, is fasting food. And you start fasting food, I guarantee you King Stomach is going to show up and start to talk to you. And you're going to want something that you can't have, that you are not allowing yourself. And so when we come to this place, we're going to find out that Pastor Tiffany and I have been talking quite a bit. We're in a unique spot as a church after some of the things we just got through teaching and some of the things that you'll learn today. It's really awesome to see how God's led us to this moment. But what got us here? What got us to this place as a church and as we launched out last year or this, the remaining of this year, this year at the beginning of the year with a purpose, a specific purpose. Every year we do that. We haven't, we're, we're coming up on 2020, and I cannot wait to just launch out into the next purpose God has for us. But the one for this year was we wanted to discover together what matters to God and his plan and purpose for my life. What does he value? And the reason we asked that question and we've been on a course together with it is because back in 2018... We just saw some area, not necessarily compromised, we just saw area where people were just kind of being casual in some things, of, and we knew that God had more for them. We knew that there was more to come. We knew that there was a, a greater place, and, and some of the, uh, the victories that, or defeats that they were having, there was a place that they could come and not have those anymore, and we found out that maybe it just might be where our values were placed. And so we went to that question, what does God value? And I want to do a fast track through this year. I want to remind you of what we've learned together. I want to remind you of what we discovered together as a church. Of course, the first month, January, we, we did. We launched out into vision and purpose. And, the, you know, our vision is navigating life through Christ. But the purpose was what, what, what does he value? And we spent quite a bit of time on that. Spent time doing what we're doing now, prayer and fasting. But the moment we came out of that, here's the thing that we started with first. 
Because if you grab hold of this one thought, which we learned back in February, you grab hold of this one thought and you understand it, it makes all of your life of Christianity, Christianese, uh, your relationship with God begins to make sense. The scriptures make sense. The how-tos make sense. The what-tos, the when-tos, and how your responses and your relationship, they begin to make sense. And that is to discover and to know the value of this truth, and that is you are a three-part being. You are spirit, soul, and body. And when you learn that, which we took time to get a hold of this year, when you discover that you are a spirit, that's what's alive unto God. That's the part of you that's born again and ready to move and shake for God. And then you have this thing called the mind, the will and the emotions. You, you're challenged with that. You're challenged with your thoughts. And then the body talks to you every single day. Come on now. But when you get a hold of that, so we move from that place and we took it to another level of what is something that was God values for in our life, and we found out that honor. Now, the subject of honor, when it's working in your life and, and not to necessarily meddle into the world side of honor, I'm talking about the spiritual side of honor. When you honor God and the things of God, the Bible says the commanded blessing will be opened up into your life. And you, matter of fact, this Christian life that you live without understanding that piece of honor, the value and esteem of the things of God, without that, life will be limited. So, man, we found out some good truths on that. And then we came to this place where <clears throat> we found out, just kind of moving forward into the year, we said, you know what, it's time for Coastal to occupy on the Outer Banks like never before. In other words, we, we set out and we launched on the thought and the possibility of purchasing and owning this building and guess what we own the building we occupy the building it belongs to us this is ours and so then we came to that next step after that place of occupy and then we meddled a little bit we discovered that you know what we talked about the relationships and the friendships that you have they really matter to God Hanging out with whoever you want to hang out with and questioning that and discovering there might be a chance that some people could be a hindrance to the things of God in your life or you might be a benefit to others in their life understanding the importance of those friendships. Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Look at somebody say, I'm pretty wise. <laughs> but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And we dug into that word destroyed and found out what it would mean, and it's not good for anybody. I'm not saying you're going to not do foolish things, but I am saying you don't have to be a fool. While you do those foolish things, you can learn from those and become wise. All right? So we came from that place, and we stepped into this next series that was called Making Change. And basically, the series Making Change was really to discover about how important it is to manage your resources. And what do I mean by manage your resources? We talked about how to manage your resources financially, that God has a plan how you do that. And when you tithe and when you're a giver, and we looked into the importance of that and the blessing that comes from it, that if I manage those the biblical scriptural way, there will be blessing that will follow. And then we said, you know what? Not only am I going to manage <clears throat> my, my financial, how about if you manage your life spiritually? Giving priority to the spiritual things of life. Biblical study, church attendance, relationship, friendship, all of those things. And then we also came to this place that I think was pretty awesome about right now after Christmas. 
How do I manage stress in my life? Making change. Is there stress in my life that is undue stress, that's unnecessary, that doesn't need to be there? And everybody, will you do something with me real quick? This will help all of us. Christmas is over. Take a deep breath. Come on. Well, now what are you going to do? Christmas has come to a close. <laughs> Maybe you got some debt from Christmas after. Well, when you manage your resources according to the biblical principles and you know what those are, you can come up and out of those debts and actually learn how to maybe not do some foolish things that maybe got you to where you are. It's called making change. Oh, and this one I wanted to throw in there. <clears throat> we also discovered about how to pray through some things and how to worship, praise through some things. There are a lot of times that it requires victory in your life, that, uh, especially when it comes to the subject of praying, that a lot of times our prayer is we, we just kind of stop when there's a little bit more to go. I love to go back to some of my old roots, my, the roots of my, my history and, and some of the older saints that are in my life, and they understood the meaning of praying through until they saw victory in their life. They didn't let go too soon. They didn't quit too soon. They prayed through. And not only that, you, I can remember some of these saints that not only would they pray through, they would be worshiping through, and it was all hell going, breaking loose in their life, but they understood what that principle was. And you learned a little bit about that this year. Now, here's one that was kind of right smack in the middle of that series. It was really one piece of a series, and I wanted to bring it back to your attention. Actually, Pastor Tiffany taught on it. I thought it was one of the most phenomenal ones we had throughout the whole year. She gave us the truth about, <clears throat> we talked about the pace of life that we live and how the busyness of life can steal from the things that are meant to be mo most priority in life, of the good things in life. And if we're not careful, she gave us this quote. Listen to what it says. The enemy to peace in our life can be our pace and the busyness of the life that you live in. So we stepped back, and we, took, we slowed some pace down. And I guarantee you we've all picked that right back up. And then we move forward from the pace of life, and we discovered here together... The subject of eternity. You know what? We found out that it is more important to put focus on who you leave behind than the what that you leave behind. Because it's directly connected to unleash this power of eternity truth into your life. And your eternity and someone else's eternity is directly dependent on what are you focused on? Are we more focused on the what I'm leaving? than actually the who, because you, it, how we live life really matters. How we live life around people, how we live life around our family, how you live life as an individual, it really matters. And this brings us up to about a month ago, we found out that we discovered together in, in what really matters to God is that there is a place, everybody say place, there's a place of thankfulness to rest in and to sit in. This is that place where I unleash the power of faith and the spirit of faith into my life. That you know what? Bless God. If God said that even the impossible is possible to the one that will believe. It's just not this passive word that we say so flippantly sometimes. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. No, 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 no. There's power behind the praise of thankfulness in the life of a believer. And we grabbed hold of that. And we came into the month of November in a place of the spirit of faith. Where now we understand the final series that we came to was, we just finished it, it's called Behold. 
And why was this so important? Because we took the time and found out through the book of Luke and Luke chapter 2. We look into Luke chapter 3 today. But in Luke chapter 2, we found out that there were some experience in the Christmas story. In a moment of time that changed humanity forever. That there were some people that were in the Christmas story that may seem what insignificant. At times you feel like you're insignificant to the plan of God. And when we found out how they perceived life in that moment, in that experience, how they saw something remarkable, conceived the remarkable, the extraordinary opportunity that they were in, we found, oh my gosh, I have an opportunity to be where I am right now. Where's that place? You're in the middle. You're in that place where this year is coming to an end. But I want you to understand something, guys. There is more to come. And we can go into the life of Jesus and find out how did Jesus bridge the gap of a space and time in his life that was very transitional to who he was going to be and the purpose was to be fulfilled, not just the place of Jesus' birth in his life. He moved from a place with transition, but there was a way and a how-to of how he did that. So I want to take you, go with me to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. And I want you to see that now we're going to fast forward into the life of Jesus now. We just focused on his birth. We focused on the Christmas moment of time. But I want you to, as we fast forward into the life of Jesus, in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, here he is almost 30 years old. And the unique moment of his life, he comes to this place and listen to what it says in Luke chapter 3. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son in whom you I am well pleased. Now listen to me. Before the temptation in the wilderness, which happens directly after this, before Jesus' ministry on earth started, before any miracles begin to happen, before his purpose was ever revealed for him and what he was going to be doing the rest of his life, what did Jesus do? Well, of course, you see here, he was baptized. He was water baptized to follow after the Jewish law, the culture. And in that, what that states is, I'm separated. I am separating. This is who I'm going to be. But his purpose hadn't really started yet. He was still trying to come to that place where he would know what that is. But he says, you know what? Before, I still am going to separate unto. But it's even more powerful. You see what Jesus did. He goes, what did he do? And he prayed. Isn't it interesting? That before anything important in his life of purpose, of direction, of miracles, of power, of change, peace, joy, before any of that came into this life, what was Jesus doing? And when you study the context of this, you find out that in this moment of experience, right in the middle, Jesus was praying before, Jesus was praying during, and Jesus was praying after. So my question to you, why would we be any different if we are sons and daughters of God, 
If we are made in the likeness and the image of God, and we come to those same type of moments in our life, why would it be any different for you and I than follow after the pattern of Jesus? What did he do? He prayed. What's coming up for you in 2020? I have no clue. What's ending in the life that you just came through? I have no clue. But you're in this threshold of moment, and if there's a place of discovery for all of us, the way that that begins to happen is not only in my understanding that I'm separated unto God. That's actually a really powerful truth to acknowledge in and of itself, is that, yeah, I am that son and daughter of God. But how am I going to have something revealed to me through the life of prayer? Now, what's interesting is you, you, if you leave it right there, you, you'll kind of just continue to pass right on it and not get the magnitude of what's happening. So we've got to look into a couple words that will help us do that. What did it say? It says he prayed, communed, talked to God. But then it says something came to him. What was it? Heaven. Not heavens with plural. Heaven opened up to him. Look at the definition and the meaning of this word heaven. The Bible says that when he prayed, when he took that moment, he set that time aside, he decided, you know what, I need to know what's coming my way. When he did, something happened from heaven. The Bible says the word heaven means the abode of God opened up. The Bible says that the word heaven has a meaning to it of happiness. The Bible says unlimited peace was opened up to him. Anybody in this room could use some peace. When he opened up heaven, when he prayed and, and heaven opened up, the Bible says that power, the word heaven has a meaning of power behind it. It's not a simple power. It's a dynamite, dunamis, miracle-working power. Unlimited was unleashed and released to Jesus. Not until. This word heaven has a word definition to it of eternity. So all of a sudden, not only have I got power, not only do I have the abode of God, not only do I have this power, I have my future purpose of eternity opened up to me. But not until he prayed. I've heard it said over and over again. It seems that God can do nothing unless a man will pray. And it's interesting how this subject of prayer is probably some of the, sometimes one of the most challenging things for all of us. Why? Because of time. And I would really encourage us as we think about maybe stepping into the world of prayer and fasting together corporately. It's interesting if you watch that bumper and you saw all the names that were mentioned in that bumper, each one of those called a corporate fast. Because they needed something to move and something to change. And they needed to hear from heaven and get direction from heaven. I would just say, it's a pretty big deal to go into a new year and say, what's going to happen in my life this year? That's a pretty big deal. Heaven would need to be open to you. Heaven would need to be coming to you. Peace just might be something you'd love to have. Power just might be something that would help you break through. Not only power, how about what is my real purpose in just one year time? really comes to a full power when you look at the word opened. When he prayed, the word opened means ultimately having the ear of God opened up with intensity and repetition. What I see in that for you and I is that when I make a decision, 
possibly hear for the next 21 days or so. When I make a decision to pray, all of heaven comes to attention and are waiting to give me ear with intensity to move in my life, to move in the family's life, to move in the church's life, to move into 2020 with you and not until. So here's some things I want you to think about. Prayer enables you to see beyond your circumstances, beyond ourselves and beyond time. And of course, I believe that prayer will actually turn boring faith into something that's exciting. But I want you to see there's two definitions really combined together of the word prayer. And when you understand what it means and it's in simplicity, and you can understand how to move into these next few days together, it makes it a little bit more easier to understand. And then I want you to show you what it looks like. Here's a couple definitions of the word prayer. Prayer is moving towards God and supplicating. It's simply defined how you fellowship and you communicate with Him. <laughs> prayer is where we come in contact with His. Everybody say His. Yeah. Prayer is where you come in contact with His thoughts. What's He thinking? Prayer is where you come into contact with His attitude, His spirit of power. Prayer is where you come into His character, come in contact with the nature of God. Prayer is always the catalyst that will propel you into the next phase of life. Here's what it looks like. Here's what the next couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks together will look like. Psalm 139. I want to slow down the pace and the tone of this just a little bit because I want you to grasp. I don't want you to go out of here on emotion. I don't want you to go out of here just because you've been inspired to pray. I want you to understand the importance of what happens in this time of prayer is the intimacy that comes from heaven will change your life and you will never come out of it not being changed or being made different, more in the likeness and the image of God. So many times we go into prayer with a, a guilt mindset. So many times we go into prayer with a sin consciousness. Oh, woe is me, I need to get this together. No, 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 no. It's more about God just wanting you to come and be in contact with him, and he'll reveal more of who you are. And here's what it looks like. Psalm 139. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to test and sift through all my anxious cares and all the worries of my life. Lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, that path that brings me back to life. Here's my challenge to you. Because there's more extraordinary to happen in the life of everyone in this house. I invite you to make maybe a decision to pray a little bit more maybe than you have in the past. Uh, you know, maybe step beyond the 15-minute shotgun prayers. I would maybe even challenge you just to kind of give maybe a, 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 maybe a time frame for you. What would you do if you gave God an hour of prayer a day? Out of 24, just one. You have an appointment with him. He's already scheduled you in his book. And if we don't come, it's not because he canceled. It's because we had something better to do. 
What happens in that time of prayer, when I say an hour, I don't care how you break that up. Maybe it's four 15-minute shots. Maybe it's two half-hour increments. I don't know. But could you commit to an hour? It's your purpose involved here. Could we commit a moment of time just to break in the middle and say, you know what, God, you're, you're more important to me. Now, last year, I brought you to this spot and kind of dropped you and left you. And when I was looking at my past notes, and, and I said, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave them at this place without a how-to. We learned what it looks like. It's an intimate moment. It's a time. We found out that, you know what, we've accomplished some amazing things as a corporate body, as a church. The numbers prove it. The numbers show the amount of people that were touched. When you look at Children's Fest, the event we just had here back in October, greater numbers than we've ever had. So you launched into something with purpose and discovered value and Now we're going to another threshold of a place ending a decade, a pivotal moment in your own life. And now I've said, you know, maybe pray for the next step. Jesus did. How? How do I do that? Number one, set a time aside. Be intentional about this moment of prayer. In Matthew, excuse me, Mark 135, the Bible says, Now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And the Bible says, there he prayed. Number one, set an intentional time. For me, it's morning. For me, it's night, to be honest with you. For me, it's sometimes throughout the whole day. Schedules fluctuate. Schedules change. But I don't compromise on the time set aside. Number two, have a place to pray. Set a time, have a place. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35 again. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. A place where there's no distractions. You know, I got a big house, and I live in a big house with a lot of people coming in and out of that house. But if you saw my house, you would think there's got to be a place you can pray with no distractions. It would have to be a closet in the middle of nowhere. My house is busy. But you see, when I've chosen to maybe step into my truck, step into my car, and, and drive around for about an hour, you know what's powerful about that moment is number three, my encouragement to you is to pray loud. Why do you pray loud? Why do you need to hear your voice? What comes when you hear? The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. And there's just times I need to be spitting, crying, laughing. There's times I need to be screaming. And I'm going to be more apt not to when I'm in a place of distraction. My phone's not there. My phone's turned off. My iPad now's turned off. I turn all of the things off. And I'm just encouraging you. If you want to transition, if we want to transition from this moment like Jesus, his miracle working moment of life came when he prayed before, during, and after. Number one, set a time. Number two, find that place number three pray aloud and then number four be specific <clears throat> Luke 22 31 through 32 and the Lord said Simon Simon indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for you listen to me guys 
Be specific. Write your prayer down. Know what you're praying for. How about putting the name of some people in there? How about if it's you? How about if it's your wife? How about if it's your your kids? Put the name in there. Let the devil know who's coming. And listen to what Jesus said. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. It's almost as if he's saying, you have nothing to give until you have come to me. Number five. Number five. I I love the thing about praying for people and putting people's names in there and being specific. But there's another level too specific that I'm even growing in within myself, and that is write it down. Not only am I finding a place, not only am I setting a time, not only am I praying loud, not only am I being specific with what I'm praying for, I'm going to write this specific down. Why? Because at the end of a year, what can I do? I look at this prayer book, and I see all the prayers that I've done, and I say, look what the Lord has done in my life. I find out areas, hey, I need to keep that one in the book. I need to keep that one praying for a while, because I'm still expecting some things to come. But if it's not written down, I guarantee you that you'll forget, you won't remember, and you'll still wonder why. Write it down. You can read Habakkuk chapter 2 yourself later. Number 6, probably the most exciting one, I think, for all of us. And I invite you to maybe embark on this with us. Set that time. Find that place. Pray aloud. Discover some names. Write some people's names. Be specific (laughs) about this one. Pray with others. What's powerful when you pray with others? Listen to the scripture. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, The Bible says, I'm in the midst of them. Here's what happens when you come in. Now, I'm not the person that's going to tell you to get the prayer chain and find a thousand people to connect up with you to move God. Two or three. How about yourself? But I am going to be the person that will tell you. You get together with like faith, like believers. You stir yourself up. You will be praying a little bit differently. You'll be praying with expectation. You'll come to that place that the threshold of a new year will be just like Jesus' life you'll see something extraordinary happen in your life. Final scripture, and I'll let you go. Jeremiah 29, verse 12. The Bible says, Then shall you call upon me, and you'll go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you'll seek me, you'll find me, when you search for me with all your heart. The Bible says, I will be found of you, saith the Lord. While he prayed, all of heaven was opened up to him. Here's my challenge. Make up your mind to pray this week. And Happy New Year.